Front through the vendor file. Most business professionals never think that weak master vendor file practices can facilitate fraud. We'll show you the ways that that can and does happen and what you can do to prevent it. Whether you call it the vendor file, the supplier file, the master vendor file, or the vendor master file, the outcome is still the same. Make sure you stick around until the end when we share a real doozy with you. Hey guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, the place where we share the latest business intelligence for those who work and manage or have responsibility for the accounts payable, the P2P, or the payment function. Okay, let's get started. Let me define what we're talking about when I say master vendor file. I'm talking about the file that is used in the accounts payable function to facilitate and make payments. It's where you keep the vendor information. Now, I know sometimes in organizations, a number of different groups will have their own vendor files, but we're talking about the one in accounts payable, the one that's being used to the three-way match and other issues regarding payments. So number one way that individuals facilitate fraud is taking a vendor in the master vendor file and putting through a change of address. Let me explain a little more detail. Let's say that someone with access to the master vendor file knows that a large payment is going out to a vendor at ABC company. And somehow they've managed to set up a bank account that says ABC company or something close to it. Because let's face it, banks don't look that closely at checks when they are deposited. So what they do is they go into the master vendor file, they put through a change of address for that particular vendor that's supposed to get that payment, and they put that change of address in so that it's an address that they have control over. It might be their home address. It might be if they're smart, their brother-in-law, somebody with a different name. Okay. And then the payment goes out, they get the check, they cash it, and then they go back into the vendor file and they change the address back to the correct address. It will take forever to figure out what happened on that. So what can you do to prevent it? Well, obvious, number one, full segregation of duties. Each person should have access to only one portion of a transaction and a person who can make changes to the master vendor file or add new vendors should not be able to approve invoices, sign checks, etc. That's issue number one. Number two, should always have dual people looking at changes. And number three, and this is something that kind of gets overlooked in many companies, you should periodically produce a report that shows all changes made to the master vendor file. This will include change of address, change of bank account number, etc., plus new vendors added. This report should be reviewed, I like to say by a high level executive within the organization, but let's get real here. Most of us know that like our CFO or some other high level executive isn't going to review these changes, but somebody else should, and they should question some of them. You want your employees to be aware that somebody's looking at this stuff, okay? So that's number one, changing an address and changing it back. This is where the new fraud on, please change my bank account numbers. It's kind of a takeoff on this, if you will. Modernization, wonderful. Okay, next issue is what I call phony vendors. This is when somebody goes into the vendor file with the intent, the full intent of defrauding the company and sets up a phony vendor. And then once that vendor is set up, they submit these phony invoices that they have somehow figured out how to get approved and then paid. What can you do to prevent an employee from doing that? Well, there are several things. Number one, and I know I sound like a broken record, full separation of duties. Make sure that each person can only do one part of the procure to pay chain. 
But even if you've done that, a really slick employee might be able to still get a phony vendor set up. What else can you do? You want to have full verification of your vendors, including and especially, I can't emphasize this enough, your tax ID. So you want to get those W-9s and run them through IRS to matching. Now, let's say that your employee even managed to get past that. And that one, by the way, is very difficult to get past. But also look for things like address. You want to see where they're physically located. You might even, if you expect large payments to be coming through for this vendor, you might even get a D&B, a credit report, etc. And verify everything. Verify, verify, verify. The last thing that you can do, because let's face it, for a phony vendor to get set up in the master vendor file, that has to be an employee or a really, really smart fraudulent vendor. But anyway, most of the time, 99 and three quarters percent of the time, these are going to be employees. So what you want to do is you want to periodically take your master vendor file list and you want to run it against your employee list. And what you want to do is, number one, look at addresses, match addresses. And when you get a match, don't automatically go and accuse the employee of theft because you could be wrong. There could be a legitimate explanation for it. Like, let's say they live in a big apartment building. So when you get the matches, you want to look and you want to verify because sometimes employees will not go to the trouble of setting up an outside post office box or, again, having their brother-in-law get the payment. And you'll be able to see that the payment has gone to the same address as that of an employee. But again, investigate first. There are two other things that companies sometimes do. Your HR department may not like this. I'm warning you. But in addition to running addresses, sometimes companies will run the taxpayer identification number for their vendors against their employee social security numbers that are on payroll. Get HR may have a problem with that. And same thing, if you're making a lot of ACH payments, you might run the ACH bank account numbers that you have for your vendors against the ACH payments for payroll. And if there's a match there, you really want to investigate, make sure it's legitimate. And if it's not, you know what to do. Okay. Before we get to the last one, if you like this episode, please give us a thumbs up. If you loved it, please subscribe. We produce new content for the channel three times a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are devoted to payments and accounts payable issues, including fraud like this one. And Saturdays are reserved for Wordle. Okay. Now let's talk about the third way that the master vendor file is sometimes used to facilitate fraud. And this is when you have an inactive vendor in the vast vendor file and you have a processor who, when you're processing the invoices for payment, they have to put that invoice against a vendor and they haven't been able to set up a phony vendor in the master vendor file. So what are they going to do? They're going to put it against an inactive account. And so it will flow through, everything will work or it will appear to work and, you know, away we go. This also works, by the way, when an approver creates or causes to be created a phony invoice he or she approves it they send it down to ap and it looks like it's going against this inactive vendor and you know away you go so what can you do to prevent this okay this is kind of i don't want to say simple because that's putting it a little too easy but regularly cleanse the master vendor file of all inactive vendors and by that we mean anytime that you have a vendor in the master vendor file who you have not done business with in the last, let's say, 12 to 14 months, you want to deactivate them. You don't want to delete them, but you want to deactivate them so that you can't put any more activity against it. But you also want to keep the history so that if they come back, for example, and say you didn't make a payment, you will be able to prove that you did. 
Okay, so deactivate all inactive vendors. And then if you get a request, you want to go through your normal new vendor process. You want to request a new W9, etc. So if somebody tries to use an inactive vendor, when you go back to that inactive vendor and say, hey, we need a new W9, etc., etc., you know, the vendor's going to say, what are you talking about? We're not doing any business. Why should I give it to you? And the whole hopefully thing will, you know, fall apart. Now, before I tell you the last way, I just want to point out one thing that if you're doing all this stuff and you're saying, well, you know, we never have anybody doing this. We never have any phony vendors. Congratulations. It's worked as a deterrence. When it comes to running the master vendor file against the employee list, sometimes people say, well, you know, that's a lot of work. And, you know, what do you ever find? I'll tell you, I was giving a live talk and a woman raised her hand and she said, not only do we run the master vendor file against the employee list once a year, she said, we do it with every new vendor that we set up. And she said in the last six years, I think she said the last six years, we found three occasions where an employee was trying to set up a phony vendor. So I take that as proof that it's worth it. Okay, last thing that you can do is that you can regularly review old open purchase orders. So if you have a purchase order that for whatever reason wasn't fulfilled, maybe the vendor went out of business or they give you lead to an inactive vendor or they, you know, were out of the goods, whatever the story is, you have an old open PO that will also facilitate the fraud along with the master vendor file. So you want to regularly review old open POs and close out ones that are not going to be used or maybe you forgot to close them out or whatever. Okay. So master vendor file isn't the only way that companies get defrauded. We recently did a piece on password stupidity, and we also had a 45 minute round table discussion on fraud with some industry experts. You can watch them now. Links to both are in the show notes below and on YouTube, a link will appear momentarily. As always, I greatly appreciate your thumbs up, your comments, your shares, and your subscribe.